All right, and we're back for round two. This is the second edition of the Play More podcast. Again, I'm Jay. I'm your host, Played Again Sports in Kennesaw, sponsor. And here with, again, thanks for making it back here, Kenneth Green from the Played Again Sports in Cartersville, Georgia. Glad to be here. Yeah, buddy. Um, hey, we'll get right into it. Um, we're going to talk baseball today. And, uh, uh, you know, not... Uh, Again, not not the teams and pro and college stuff. Uh, this, this is this is uh, the kids' things, you know. Little kids starting out in baseball. Um, say, if, well, what what age uh, do you see most kids coming in to, to starting? Well, these days, you know, with travel ball, it's extremely competitive, uh, considering what it used to be when you just had your rec ball option and you played a handful of games. So you know, every year. Uh, so we see kids getting started now at age four, but. Uh, typically, uh, your T-ball is going to be between the ages of five and uh, seven. Um, then they evolve into coach pitch, of course, and uh, it moves on into, uh, you know, live pitching. But uh, we, we see a lot of four-year-olds coming in these days, uh, getting sized up for equipment. What do you think the best age is? Best age is, is going to too early. Uh, four. It really just depends on the maturity level of the child. Yeah, good point. Um, you know, we think five is a good solid age to get started. Uh, if you want to get them ready a little earlier, and you feel like they're mature enough to start. Uh, you know, the safety softballs are obviously not going to hurt the noggin too bad if they take one uh, to the face. But The ego uh, a little bit. Exactly. Maybe the pride or the ego. Uh, but age uh, five is a good starting age. And what um, – so what does a parent do if they want to get their kid into, into baseball? First of all, they're going to find a, a league or whatever, right? Right. Um, so you're going to have your city and county rec departments. That's a good starting point. Um they're going to obviously go down to the uh, rec department and sign their, their children up. Uh, they do have uh, certain places, uh, you know, just to handle the masses whenever they're having registration. Uh, the kids will sign up, then they'll have a draft, and uh, they'll place all the kids uh, within a certain league uh, and a certain team with a coach. And then, of course, they're going to need their gear. And uh, that's what we're here for is to specialize in helping them find not only the right size bat, uh, but all the gear that they're going to need to get started. Right on. So um, that's that's uh, baseball. So what uh, they start at four. What 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 are they going to be getting? So the four year olds, uh, they're going to need the basics. Uh, they're going to need a bat, so they can go ahead and start. You know, learning how to swing a bat, uh, get that muscle memory down. Uh, these days they make t-ball bats that are as light as a coke. <laughs> so uh, you know you can get a good light bat to get them started with. Uh, maybe a glove. Um, obviously, their their hands aren't quite mature enough to squeeze a glove. Um, we carry a good selection of the pigskin gloves, which are a lot softer, a lot thinner, a lot easier to squeeze, and a lot uh, less hard on the hands. Uh, but really, the concept at that age is just understanding what the glove is for, not necessarily being able to squeeze it. When they learn what the glove is for eventually, and their hands are strong enough, uh, then they can start to squeeze the glove. So, so you you know that uh, that hot glove stuff. Oh yeah. So, you know, when that first came out, I was uh, fortunate enough to, to get to do like a, almost like a public service announcement. I don't know, one of the local TV uh, shows is here. This is, I don't know if this is late 90s or whatever, but uh, uh, Mike Sansing was the head coach of yeah. the KSU baseball team. And uh, so I got to set up a table with all the gear and things that, you know, a young, you know, T-baller might need. And... Uh, and I, I got to talking about the uh, the hot glove. I was pitching that, and uh, 
I say, yeah, you, you know, lab it up and you put it in the oven or whatever and, and uh, you know, heat up your glove. And that's what you do. So you, you, what a hot glove is, it's, a, it's like an oil for your glove, right? And, and you, uh, you lube up the glove and put it on a cookie sheet and put the glove in the oven for a few minutes. And, and uh, it just heats it up and then absorbs the, uh, the, the oil or the foam. And so I was, I was, I was pitching it on this little uh, TV thing I was fortunate enough to do. And, and uh, literally on air, uh, the coach from KSU goes, I, I don't I believe I'd leave the, the oven for your ham. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, dejected me right, right there. Yep. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, so, okay, so a kid, sorry, but the, a kid gets a, a bat, um, maybe a glove if, uh, you know, young age. Well, he's going to need it if he's going to play in, in the rec ball situation, right? Great starting point, yes. Right. Um, and uh, what else? He's going to need some some uh, a helmet probably right? yeah they're, they're gonna need a helmet um you know i'll say the essentials would be the bat and the glove uh, for the four-year-old just getting started um but then of course uh, you know having a helmet if they're gonna hit uh, off a tee sometimes is necessary because uh, you know the kids get a little bit careless with bats and uh you know they can swing it around and you know smack themselves in the noggin if they're not careful enough so um most tee ballers are going to have uh your your little helmet uh, most of them have the memory foam guts on the inside, so they fit most all the kids. And then they'll get the uh, the mask that goes on the helmet as well, which you know you can get those in a combo form, or you can get the so helmet. Some leagues require those, right? Some most don't. all do, uh, especially uh, these days for safety reasons, uh, which is you know a lot of reasons why the bat regulations have changed as well. Um, then of course you're going to need your pants, your socks, your belts uh, when you're playing competitively. Your cleats, uh, cleats are good, you know, just to teach them how to run the bases at an early age. Um, so I would say your, your bat, um, your glove, and your cleats will probably be top three, and uh, maybe a helmet with a mask on it as well at, at the age of four. Okay, and so they get start getting a little older, you're adding a little bit more advanced bats. And That's right. You'll start bat bag, I guess, to carry all the stuff. The yeah. bat bag, you'll build on top of that. Get the bat bag, and then you know all the accessories that you need. What type of ball should a, a, a young tee baller use? So and I'm saying tee baller. People, people don't like that word, T-ball. And they, I notice when they see it on bats, they kind of right. panic. Because you can't use a T-ball. Yep. Um, but it'll be on a sticker maybe, but not engraved in the bat. Right. And so then that's that's legal for... Right. Uh, you know, so, so the bats these days uh, obviously are going to have the T-ball, uh, either the logo or the stamp on them. Um, the option to use them for T-ball, but yes, you don't have to. You don't have to. Uh, and then you're going to have your, your balls, which used to be called T-balls. Now they're called safety softballs. And basically it's the size and weight of an official baseball. However, it's squishier, almost like a lacrosse ball. Um, obviously it's going to be a lot safer for them to use at a younger age. And uh, as they graduate and move up into the Little League uh, where they're using uh, you know regular baseballs, uh, they're much more seasoned and it's going to be a lot easier and a lot safer for them to use those. Right on. At what age do they start using Hard balls. Hard balls, uh, typically age seven, yeah. um, six, seven. It really just depends on, you know, the region. Um, you know, all the rules change all over the place all the time. So it's hard to keep up these days. And what is it? There's there's Dixie Youth. There's Little League. Yeah, you have your Dizzy Dean, your Dizzy Babe Dean. Ruth. Um, there's, you know, a handful of organizations. Um, typically, uh, anyone playing for a city or a county rec department is a rule of thumb to go by based on what bat you're going to have to use. And nowadays, that's the USA stamp bat. Um, bats have to have a USA stamp on them in order to for use. For rec ball. Uh, for rec ball, that's correct. Um, and you have your city and your county in most cases. There's two rec departments. Um, just keep in mind that uh, if you're looking 
to get a bat for your youngster and you play for a city or county rec department, you're going to need a USA stamp bat. That's your safest bat. Exactly. Yeah. A USA stamp. It just actually got the word USA that's stamped on your bat. It's kind of a larger logo stamped uh, usually down near closer to the handle, um, you know, where the grip is. Uh, where the previous uh, um, stamp was a U-triple-S-A, U-S-S-S-A mm-hmm. stamped bat. It was like a little thumbprint kind of a stamp that had a 1.15, uh, what is it, BPF? Uh, it's a bat performance factor is what that stands for, BPF. And um, it, it's really complicated these days how they do all this, but... If you look at the bat, a uh, USA stamp bat does not have a bat performance factor because they're actually uh, a lot deader than your USSSA 1.15 stamp bats. Um, the 1.15 stamp bat is typically going to be for your, your travel ball kid, and that's the USSSA stamp. We so call those, it perform, those perform better? Much better, yes. So if your league will allow it, and if you don't mind spending the money for maybe one year or something, you could get a, a USSSA bat. But if you're unsure or the league won't allow it, you just just stick with the USA bat, and that's what everyone else is using. So it is what it is, you know. That's correct. So okay, so a lot of uh, customers will ask me about drop on a bat, or or even if they don't ask, um, they're unfamiliar with what that means, and it it is a little bit kind of goofy. But well, Kenneth, what, what's uh, drop 10? What does that mean? Okay, so every bat's going to have a minus and a number on it. It could be a minus 8, a minus 9, a minus 10. To simplify that, the higher that number, the lighter the bat's going to be for the weight. So what you do basically, say it's a 30-inch bat, and it says minus 10 on the barrel. You're going to take the length of the bat, which is 30 inches, and subtract the 10, and that's what the weight's going to be. So that's going to be a 20-ounce bat. The same 30-inch bat, if it's a drop 13, is going to be a 17-ounce bat. So obviously, you're going to get a little more bat speed. Yeah. 13. So yeah. it'd be a drop 13 would be a 17-ounce bat because 30 minus 13, 17. So typically, the higher that number, the lighter the bat's going to be for the length. Um, so that's to simplify it. Uh, you know, it gets really confusing these days, but um, just remember that the higher that number, the lighter the bat is for the length of the bat. So like in sizing bats, um, generally, and I don't see if you follow the same rule, but uh, at the real young age, um, I don't know, generally speaking, I would say a four-year-old would use a 24-inch bat, a five-year-old would use a 25-inch bat, a six-year-old would use a 26-inch bat. It starts to kind of level out or change a little bit after there, but mm-hmm. that's um, that's always my first place I start when, when, some, when a family's coming in, I'll, you know, ask how old the kid is and so uh, from there we can grab a couple of bats and kind of determine what size would be best and that's another huge advantage of our our stores you know you can we can uh, through having all the different size bats available even if we step outside and swing a couple and you put a 27 a 28 a 29 into a eight-year-old's hands or whatever you can really see kind of where they need to be and not just me I mean the parent or anybody even the first time or you can see uh, that looks a little heavy or gosh that's a little stubby I think you could handle more than that and that's just a good way to size a bat mm-hmm. you know, that, that's basically how, how we do it um, and that's what we like to do we like to make sure that all the kids that leave our store are going to get a bat that suits them well a lot of cases we get kids that come in with softball bats that they bought at another store because if you look at a two and a quarter barrel baseball bat 
and a two and a quarter barrel softball bat, they look the same. Really, the only difference is the stamp that they put on the bat. So if you're not getting proper education on which bat to pick out, it's real easy to get a fast pitch softball bat thinking it's a baseball bat. I love it when a little kid, he kind of gets a, a look of wonderment in our stores. Just because there's so much going on, you know, and it's like a, just a big toy store, you know, and uh, you hear him kind of, I love this store, you know, mom or dad, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty special. Um, I love that too. It's uh, We're so far from, you know, the corporate thumbprint. We want the kids to come in the stores, you know, and get a chance to surf around and, you know, play. I mean, not put the keys in the treadmills and go nuts, but, <laughs> you know, just, you know, get a chance to, to look at the product, hold the product, see it for themselves, and enjoy the experience. It's all about having fun. Yeah. So back to gloves for a second. Um, so getting a kid a glove. So as they start getting a little older, you start getting, uh, okay, you're, you're whatever, uh, 8, 9, 10. Uh, once you start getting into maybe an all-leather glove, you've – um, I think generally probably that those pigskin gloves and what pigskin is basically you've got different glove options right you've got uh, all leather glove and within leather there's many different grades of leather you know from you know forty bucks up to hundreds um, but uh, uh, you know prior to uh, below that you have in the past it was like a, a synthetic or a vinyl kind of a glove which was really not very good they're good and, to use in the rain. That's about it. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, you don't ruin a good leather glove. Um, but uh, uh, those pigskin gloves are great because it's pigskin leather. So, but, so it's just thinner, it's lighter weight. A young boy or girl can, can squeeze that glove almost right off the shelf. And it usually has a big pocket in it and stuff. But So once you get above that, uh, uh, we just want to throw out a little advice on uh, um, glove sizes for depending on where you play, what position you play, right? So, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'll rattle off a couple. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, your smallest glove in the field, if, if you're playing second base, you want the smallest glove on the field. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Maybe an 11-inch glove, even for a, an adult player, right? That's uh, correct. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, maybe jump over to 11 and a half inch or something for shortstop, mm-hmm. give or take. Uh, third base a little bigger, maybe 11 to three quarter, possibly 12 for, for a kid. Um, pitcher, what, 12 inch? Usually around 12, 12 and a half, yes. Okay. And then outfield is your 12 and bigger. Uh, Usually 12 and a half up to 13 and a half. Um, typically a baseball player is going to cap it at 13 in the outfield. And, and, so, and why is that, right? So you need a, a giant basket in the outfield to catch a big fly ball. Um, but in the infield, especially second base, you're sitting deep in the pocket, right? So by the time the ball gets to you, you want to get your hand in the glove, put your hand on the ball, and whip it over to first before that guy beats out the throw. Uh, so that's why you, you don't need a very big glove at some place like second. That's right. Yeah, your middle infielders are always going to have the smaller gloves. They need the softest hands on the field. Uh, which is why they make training aids now, you know, which are basically just a pancake glove uh, to teach you how to use just your hands. The only reason you have the leather on your hand in the first place is to soften the blow and get that throw off as quickly as possible. Uh, your line drive shots are going to be on the corners, your third bases, your first bases. So you're going to make sure you're going to have something to, with a little more leather to protect you on uh, the event you can't react fast enough. So what um, – back – Speaking of gloves, what uh, do you guys relace gloves, right? We do, yes. Yeah, we, we do too. Um, it's pretty good uh, 
little deal. People have a glove that they've had for a lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, we had, we had a guy bringing his glove the other day. His kid loved it and it had the glove forever or whatever. And uh, the dog had chewed it up. I mean, like really beyond repair. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was worth saving. And, and uh, our, our uh, glove stringer, Jesse, uh, he did such a good job on it. Brought it back to life. The guy was so fired up. It was, uh, uh, I, I was frankly thought he should give up on it. I didn't think it was even salvageable. Um, you really can't place value on that, especially if the glove was passed down from your grandfather. You know, regardless of what condition it's in, yeah. if it's playable and you can get good lace on it, it's, you know, it's invaluable to them. You know, I have a glove from when I was a kid. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, still, still have it. It's crusty, and the uh, the piping around the edges is like, well, half cut your hand. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a Cooper. Wow, <laughs> yes. I remember those Coopers, and uh, my dad actually uh, passed down an A2000 to me. And uh, I was a uh, young, dumb, and immature at the time and uh, decided to leave it on the bench after a ball game. And it oh, missing. you did so, not. Yeah, I made that mistake, and uh, it haunts me to this day. I got passed a, a baseball autographed by, um, oh, my gosh, I'm going to forget who it was autographed by now. Oh, Dizzy Dean. Wow. And uh, um, <laughs> I'm hanging out maybe sophomore in high school in my bedroom and my buddy's on my other twin bed across the room and he's I'm kind of I don't know I was tossing the ball or he was just holding it that's back when you didn't put it into a protective case you know just kind of had it and didn't really play catch with it but I had the room kind of tossing it up and I tossed it to him and I glanced up and he had a a a blue El Permanente or whatever (laughs) magic marker and just was coloring in the whole side oh probably the only goodness. ball he's ever colored in his whole life and it happened to me from dizzy dean and i oh my gosh you gotta fix this and i forced him to take it <laughs> i never saw the ball again you know put his permanent mark on it yeah yeah wow. i'm sure that ball's long gone but i'm uh, sure it is but uh those are the stories that make things fun though part of being a kid i guess <laughs> well and i tell you what i had a, a a glove injury, a relacing a glove injury in here in the store. Wow. I was relacing a glove for a dude and he had a game and I was trying to rush and get it done. And I, you, you have these little tools um, where you, you kind of hook the, the lace uh, onto this little needle basically and thread it through the, through the glove. And uh, I got the, got it through the, 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 the needle kind of fell off. So just the tip of the, of the lace, was was sticking through the glove and uh man i tried to i was trying i had needle nose pliers and i was kind of had the glove kind of between my thighs you know kind of pinching it together i'm holding down on these needle nose trying to lift up and pull pull the lace through and it slipped and funk, oh went goodness right the needle nose went right up my nose oh and uh immediately started gushing blood and i run back to the back room and deal with it and it turned out to be the tiniest little scratch just on the inside of my nose. <laughs> it all happened so fast, though. You, so you think fast. you broke your nose or you... Oh, man, it could have blown out the oh, side yeah. of my nose. Could have knocked a tooth out. Could have knocked yep. an eye out. Mm-hmm. Uh, just relacing a glove. So, I've, I've so a leave it to the professionals. Years. Yes. <laughs> we, we have a lot of experience and uh, trial and error on this stuff. So, yeah, I actually had a uh, relace job. It was probably 12, 13 years ago. And um, I was trying to pull a thick piece of lace through one of the holes. And uh, I'm, you know, yanking on this needle, trying to get it to come through. And finally, it just came through, and I stuck the needle right into my chest, my oh. sternum. 
Oh, yeah. same deal. Huh? I had a bruise and, uh, you know, just slight penetration of the skin. It bled a little bit. But, oh, gosh. Uh, but it was extremely painful. So, yeah, we definitely get our, our battle scars doing this stuff. But uh, uh, we have enough trial and error and experience now to where it's, uh, it's fun and easy and uh, we can make people happy about it. Well, you know, um, in the early days, I didn't even know how to how – because to, I hadn't played, you know, uh, baseball since I was a kid. And I opened the store when I was 27, so I'm 51 now, right? So 25 years this year, woo! It's awesome. Um, but uh, uh, in the beginning, I remember trying to uh, even uh, regrip a bat for somebody, and I really didn't even know how to do it, you know? And I'm just kind of winging it, and the you know, gentleman's whatever looking over my shoulder, <laughs> and I think I was, I think I spun it the wrong direction, you know? So, you know, he came back the next day. Thank goodness he was super cool. <laughs> but, uh, you know, of course, the thing unwound on, the, on his poor kid immediately, you know. Right. But uh, things like that over time, you know. They were experts now, but yeah. I'm telling you in the beginning. Uh, There's a big learning curve in the beginning. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you got to know every category, you right. know. And, and uh, we jumped into this. I, I just wanted to own my own business, right? So That's right. Um, and uh, we've been blessed because it's, it's just, uh, again, the, the, the customers and the and the characters that come in here and oh, have yeah. so many good stories and, and we've learned so much. Um, so uh, you mentioned travel ball. Mm -hmm. uh, what, uh, so what age, it's getting, seems to get earlier every year. It's like almost mandatory now with travel ball. Right, you know, typically right out of the gate from a coach pitch ball, uh, which is, you know, a step above T-ball. What does that mean, coach pitch ball? Coach pitch is basically, uh, you know, where you're gonna get a chance uh, to hit two pitches and then they're gonna- Thrown by the coach. Pitch. That's correct, they throw it from the coach. Coach is just serving it up for you. He's gonna Want serve it up, it. Yeah. give you a chance to see some live pitching, you know, at the level level one, uh, you know, from the pitcher. And it makes and it dangerous for the pitcher's helper, that kid that's standing in that circle. Definitely, yes. That, way that always scared me when my kids were like six years old or whatever. You oh, get yeah. some, some big kid who can just bomb it. Yep. And the coach is just fluffing it up for him. Yeah, put it and, on a, and a hopefully plate with parsley that, on each side. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully that uh, little kid's paying attention. That's right. Oh, my gosh. That's the key, you know, is, is the alertness at that point. They, they want the kids to understand, hey, this is serious business. You know, there's going to be a ball coming back at you really hard, so you need to be yeah. focused and pay attention. And, uh, you know, the harder You need to be velocity. okay, too, with letting that best kid on the team probably play that spot. I, I remember getting a little, uh, my feathers ruffled when, when my oldest was going through because uh, I wanted him to get all the playing time, you know. Right. And, and uh, But, you know, you put you put someone when they're not ready there, it, it'd truly be dangerous. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, to, yeah, typically the best player on the field uh, is going to be right there beside the coach because they're going to take the majority of the hot shots and they need to be ready. But that's just graduating, you know, from hitting off a tee. Um, obviously, they're still going to have a chance to hit off the tee if they can't make contact with the coach's pitch. And then after coach pitch ball, uh, when they get into live kid pitching, is when travel ball starts. And, uh, you know, travel ball is typically going to be, you know, four times more games uh, than you're going to play with your local uh, city or county rec department. Uh, the competition is fierce these days, which is why uh, the bar has been raised so high. Uh, because if you put a rec ball team up against a travel ball team, uh, the odds are the travel ball team is going to win pretty big. So, That's just isn't that just because the park's watered down? It is. Um, you know the park's watered down. Uh, you know, and the travel ball meaning teams, meaning you have te uh, teams split off and and play different travel ball tournaments. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do really with the talent levels because your your local county and rec kids are going to be just as talented. 
Uh, but your travel ball teams are hand-picked usually. Uh, they're the cream of the crop, and they play more ball. Therefore, they get more repetitions and more experience, and obviously it makes them a better uh, team than if you're playing against a, a rec ball team that's only playing, you know, 15 to 20 games a season. You know, when we played travel ball with the kids, and frankly, I was kind of against it. I, uh, you know, at the time, we'd have to, you know, go to Tallahassee or North Carolina or wherever we had to go. Um, and it's it was cool because, you know, you want to do it anything for your children. And, and I don't know if I could, could do anything differently. But uh, yeah, half the time, you'd end up playing a local team. You know, we'd play Ackworth or something. <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of a bummer. But the other thing is it's, it's expensive. And... Um, I don't know, uh, it, and then it then it uh, it turns it into a little bit of a job for kids sometimes. So then right. you see them get burnt out at a younger age, and then uh, I have three children. Um, so if you're if you're splitting up and going all over the southeast for any sport, um, you know it cuts into that uh, crucial uh, you know family dinner time, that special dynamic that that's so important because um, you got to divide and conquer and and halt all one kid one way and one kid another and, right. and, and that's not just once in a while which is healthy so, so it's my worry a little bit that it's a, a little unhealthy sometimes because it's we'll have four nights a week and then games all weekend and yeah. and uh, just non-stop and then it's not just one season it's it's spring and then it's, it's fall and it's summertime yeah. yeah yeah so um, everyone gets a little tired and then it might not be fair to that uh, younger brother or sister that gets toted around mm -hmm. and uh, you know so anyway, enough of the soapbox there, but um, just something to think about. And, and really, that kind of brings me to my next thought or, or topic is uh, any parental advisories. So that's one, right? Mm -hmm. um, really think long and hard about, uh, you know, the travel ball and, and how important is it really? Because, you know, I mean, rec ball, kids have fun, go do. It's not too serious. It doesn't have to be so serious. I mean, uh, statistically speaking, you know, most of us aren't going to make it to that ultimate next level, right? So um, you just really want it to be fun. But, uh, you know, I've seen some things get heated at parks. Uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, um, and it's like the younger the age, uh, the more heated the conversation That's so become. true. Uh, they actually have to post, uh, you know, rules up on the fence these days to keep parents, you know. Uh, off the officials and officials off the parents. So uh, a lot of drama at times, especially for the younger groups. It's too bad. It really is. It's too bad. And it's hard not to get a, a little worked up because, it's, you know, it's just your child. You want the very best and right. you want them to hit that home run and, and get to first and, and you know, and, and everyone cheer for them, you know. That's uh, right. Boy or girl, it's, 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 it's so challenging uh, knowing, knowing where to, to sit yourself into how much to push and not push, right? That's yeah. right. And going back to travel ball, um, that's where the bat rule changes uh, come into effect again. You move from the USA stamp bats uh, with your local city and county rec departments to your USSA bats, uh, which have the uh, 1.15 thumbprint on them. And what that means, uh, that's a bat performance factor, which is what BPF uh, stands for underneath the 1.15 stamp. That means that if you hold the barrel of the bat out and the bat remains still and a 100 mile an hour pitch hits that sweet spot on that bat, then the ball is going to leave the barrel at 115 miles per hour. So the bats are much hotter uh, than the USA stamp bats, which are typically 25% less pop uh, than the travel ball bats. So uh, keep that in mind too. Uh, USSA bats are definitely going to be the hottest bats out there. Yeah. So what's the best way to train? 
you can That's do what that. a train uh, is going to be to hit off. Wait, wait, hold on. I get. Uh, sorry, this is my <laughs> typical Jay here uh, at the Playmore podcast. Um, I, I'm scatterbrained here a little bit. I, I <laughs> thinking about uh, parents and and uh, getting upset and stuff. Uh, I have you? Did you ever umpire? I did. Yes. And uh, I was verbally abused left and right. <laughs> and I thought I did a really good job, actually. But uh, how old were you? Uh, I was uh, 17, 18 years old. Okay, I used to do it, what, that in what, the summers for what extra age? money. What age? Uh, usually, it was going to be uh, seven and eight year olds. Uh, you know, sometimes I would do uh, the fourteen U teams. It really just depended on what they needed me for. They yeah. would call me and say, hey, "Ken, you busy on Tuesday night?" And you know, I would go and umpire a game. Um, so it was it was uh, diverse. Well, my, my hat's off to any umpire or referee or, or any uh, authority figure like that because that's real challenging. And I did it, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm sure it's even harder now. But uh, I, I got a haircut for that reason because one of the fans said, get the hair out of your eyes, Blue. And <laughs> so I took that personally. You know, I'm like 17 years old. I'm like, what do you mean? The, hair, the hair's not in my eyes, you know? Yeah. So I went and got a crew cut the next day. No hair in the eyes anymore. <laughs> did it did it help uh, not really yeah they find other things to to criticize you so for. I, I i was up and i was on first base and uh, uh there was a check swing at the plate and uh, i had just got my new umpire shoes and so i was i was just bending down and brushing them off you know <laughs> they had the check swing at the plate they shot it out to me and i didn't even see them because i'm down wiping off my shoes <laughs> and, and uh so they had to do it again. You shout it out to me again. And finally, like, you're yelling, you know, Jay. <laughs> and uh, it's a sticky situation. So I gave him the, you know, the, the, I waved it off, you know, like, no, no, it was, it was, you know, no, no call there or whatever. I guess no, no it, was, it was, he didn't, he didn't swing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And some, sta- some, uh, some dude out of the stands goes, he didn't see it. He was picking up marbles. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's awesome. So, anyway, okay, so to, to slip over back to training aid. So, you've got better bats or, or whatever bats you've got. Now, how do you practice? Well, the best way to practice when it comes to hitting is uh, to get that muscle memory down. And uh, your best training tool is going to be a T. Uh, just practice, drill, and rehearse off a T into a big mouth, uh, bow net, a power net, whatever you want to use. Any net. Any yeah. net's fine, yeah. Uh, just to get that muscle memory down and, you know, learn the trajectory of the bat and where the barrel's supposed to be and just hit ball after ball after ball. Have someone there setting them up for you uh, and just get that repetition down. Um, uh, another way to train uh, would be to get um, a bat weight to, to put on your bat. That way you can build that muscle memory and build that strength as well because obviously uh, the bat weight's going to help you with the speed uh, and the strength and the more bat speed you get through the zone. Uh, the better the results you're going to get when you make contact on the uh, sweet spot of the bat. So uh, those are two very important. I'm such a fan of those weighted uh, total control type balls. Oh, yeah. Those are awesome, too. And that, that's newer technology. Um, uh, not only are they good for, for training, uh, because when you use So it, what we're talking about, it's just a, it's the size of a baseball or kind of halfway between a baseball and a softball. Right, right. Um, and it's, it's, weighted, it's filled with sand. So... You, you can hit it. You can, it forces you to swing really hard because it doesn't go anywhere. And then that's the beauty. You don't have to chase it. Right. <laughs> you know, it, just, it goes 10 feet at the most. Yeah, plus if you're at the park and all the fields are taken, you need to take some BP. Um, you know, the furthest the ball is going to go uh, at the younger ages is going to be 10 to 15 feet. Um, so it's a good way to take batting practice uh, in a congested area. And the total control balls are also good for, uh, you know, helping you hit the ball on the sweet spot of the ball. Um, on, on the bat, I'm sorry, because... If you hit the total control ball like you're supposed to, 
it's going to go the distance it needs to, the, you know, 10 to 15 feet. If you hit it uh, on the top of the ball, it's going to go straight down. If you hit it on the bottom of the ball, it's going to go straight up. So you also can learn uh, better hand-eye coordination and how to hit uh, the ball using the sweet spot of the barrel by the repetition uh, in the uh, total control balls. Nice. Very nice. So what other uh, hot products are there out there? I know uh, we've got uh, – are you familiar with the VOOC grips yet? Yes. Uh, Golly. Those they're, are awesome. Those things are uh, pretty amazing. I, I, the last trade show, we go to trade shows to, uh, like any sporting goods retailer, um, where all the vendors or the manufacturers or importers, you know, show their wares. And... Uh, Golly, by the time I was done spending so much money with all the big guys with, you know, Easton and Rawlings and Louisville Slugger and Wilson and, you know, I go along this lowly guy and this, he's got a, you know, basically a crappy little table and a couple bat grips on there. And I didn't want to make eye contact with him because I'd already spent so much money and right. I didn't want to tell the poor guy no, you know. So, I, But I drifted by his table. I just grabbed this bat grip and I'm like, oh my gosh. It's almost like, a, I don't know, it's even hard to describe, but it's called a Vuk grip, R.J. Vukovic. But um, they've been really, those in the lizard skins. Uh, lizard skins is kind of a, a fancy, cool, popular grip, but these Vuk grips, I think I like even more, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. They've got this velvety touch to them, like a, it's not, not a lizard skin, but it's like a lizard's paw, almost so they can climb up a pane of glass and mm -hmm. you don't have to grip it real tight. So. Yep. That's been something fun. I mean, it's just a grip, but uh, you know, pretty pretty neat little deal. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, those in the uh, the lizard skins obviously are going to be your top two. But um, you know, as far as training goes, also it's good to get the hitting sticks. Uh, hitting oh, yeah, sticks yeah. have a little bit of bend to them, so you can you know really keep your eye on the ball as the hitting sticks uh, put in front of you, and um, that's going to help you with breaking balls, sliders, uh, and some of the more off-speed pitches you're going to see uh, as you get into the higher levels. Uh, thunder sticks are good too. It's about the uh, the barrel's about the size of a broomstick. Yeah. And uh, you know if you're using thunder sticks uh, to hit baseballs and you're hitting the baseballs flush like you should with the thunder sticks, obviously, uh, when you're using a big barrel bat, a two and five eighths or two and three quarter barrel bat, uh, you're going to make really really good contact. Hey, so, so. that's something else. Uh, you talking big barrel bats? Mm -hmm. um, uh, USA bats, the largest they make a USA stamped bat is two and five eighths inch. Still considered a big barrel, but if you get a USS, a USSA bat, they make them up to two and three quarter inch, so slightly bigger. Um, another possible advantage uh, if you're allowed to use a USSA bat, which is getting less likely uh, every day that goes by. Really. Right, uh, right. Yeah. Unless you're playing travel ball. So, what about uh, um, do you guys have some batting cages up in Cartersville? Um, D-Bat actually put a facility up there close to us. Oh, is that right? Okay. And it's a yeah. portable cage, and uh, yeah, they, they've been there now for, I think, about a month and a half, two months. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Is you mentioned it before, trying to find uh, field time or places to yep. practice. You that's know, the hard part. There's so many teams out there, uh, you know, fighting for space. It's really hard to find a place to practice. Yeah. Yeah, you'll guys who own, like, some business that happens to have a giant warehouse or something, a lot of them you'll see convert to you know, hitting cages and stuff all their mm -hmm. kids are, are going through. Um, what about some uh, product history? I know we're talking about some of the newer stuff. What about some of that older stuff uh, back in the day? Yeah, back in the day they had the old uh, scandium alloy bats. Uh, 
they, they made the walls paper thin. If they cracked, you really couldn't see the crack unless you got a magnifying glass to see it. Uh, lightning hot bats. Uh, well, see, now, before that, I mean, then, when I was a kid, literally, and I'm an old guy now, but uh, uh, we had just the coach. We wouldn't have anything. The coach, who looked like uh, uh, an overweight Ted Nugent. With three-speed socks on? <laughs> <laughs> Three stripes at the top, dude, jacked up to the knees? Dude, this guy was great. He still coaches to this day. Oh, that's awesome. He's like a true icon. And uh, uh, what was his name? Frank O'Hara? O'Hara? Um, um, but he uh, he literally looked like Ted Nugent and his brother. Ironically, I remember rolling to practice one time, and you know he had the like the the flannel, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, you know jeans and a flannel coaching mm-hmm. us, you know. But uh, he really <laughs> With a cared. big green bag. Yeah, he had one big green bag, and, yeah. and so yeah, we just chose our bats out of there, and they were they were all too heavy. Trust me, for me anyway. And uh, <laughs> and uh, that, that's what you did. And, that's right. Uh, Those were the good old days. And he told us, you know, no skateboarding. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it's, and, you know, I had my glove, which I still have, and just Mm -hmm. like an old wooden bat. And it went in scandium alloy. Right. Uh, Yeah, and the wooden bats, you know, back then, they. The handle and the barrel were about the same size. (laughs) (laughs) They were literally like swinging a broomstick. And they weren't cupped at the end either. Nope. Nope. Just a piece of lumber. And if you broke it, you pulled another one out of the green bag and used it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, the even heavier one. (laughs) I miss those days. Those were the good old days. Well, it is because it's, again, it's just about for the kids having fun, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. And in the end, it doesn't really matter most of the time, you know. That's so, what it's all about is entertainment, having a good time. Yeah, so it, it is a shame it's evolved so much because it's gotten prohibitively expensive for, for a lot of folks, and you know, and you, you want to do right by your kid, but it's, it's tough because uh, his peers are using, you know, possibly better stuff, mm-hmm. you know. That's and, right. Uh, so... But at the end of the day, if someone's talented enough to move on, it doesn't really matter what you give them. They'll have that gumption to, to be able to do it. Sure. And, uh, well, dude, hey, man, this, this has been fun. This was yeah. a good, good little baseball session. Um, so uh, uh, Covered a lot of the bases. Again, uh, thank you guys for listening. This was our second episode of the Play More podcast. And um, we're going to keep delving into more and uh, – uh, once we learn how for you to subscribe and like us and do whatever you got to do, we'll let you know. Because <laughs> we're, we're really new at this, so uh, please, uh, you know, bear with me, bear with us, uh, and we'll get better. Um, but uh, next podcast, um, I'm going to be talking about fitness, and there's a, a kind of a local legend that uh, we're going to. Uh, uh, he's been around even longer than me, and uh, so we're going to talk shop with him. Um, I'm real. We've got a ton of questions for him, and uh, we'll. Uh, won't tell you who it is just yet, but uh, anyway, uh, we'll uh, look forward to you uh, next Play More podcast. Thanks so much. Kenneth, thanks a lot for coming down again. Thanks for having me, Jay. All right, buddy. Hey, talk soon. Bye. See you guys.